0: Welcome to my podcast, where the truth is upheld and my life's journeys are unveiled. If you like what you hear today, I encourage you to follow this podcast, like what you hear by dropping a comment, and share with someone that you know. Let's go. The Spirit of of Jezebel. My, my, my. Women. This podcast is for you. This podcast is a direct rebuke. To the spirit of Jezebel. That lies in every woman. I don't care where you come from. I don't care about your ethnic background. I don't care about your religious background. Epitax, this message, this podcast, this episode is to you. I don't consider myself a biblical scholar, but I am a lifelong learner, receiver, and attender to truth. I trace information back to its roots. So that when I stand on what I speak on, there are some strong rootings and foundations to what I'm saying. Don't take my word for it. Go look for yourself. This episode is spawned by my particular juncture in this journey called life to understand where my sins lie. Where did my sinful patterns of behavior come from? What are the roots? What are the roots to my maladaptive, malevolent behavior? I was speaking to myself as I'm speaking to you. Eve. I spoke about the Cain and Abel spirit, but let's not forget that Eve. Eve was the initiator of the defiance and rebellion not only against God but against her husband of which she was created of whose ribs she was formed. Adam was a type of Christ for Eve. Adam Was the headship for Eve. Adam wasn't Eve's savior. When you hear me say a type of Christ. Adam wasn't Eve's savior. I'm talking about. From the God head. Three in one. God the father. God the son. God the holy spirit. Adam. Was to be upheld. Positioned. And reverenced as a, a man in flesh they knew no sin created by God who she was to be in reverence to and submission to and she wasn't Eve God created her though but God created created her from Adam so Adam has cannot use Eve as a scapegoat because she came from him. So the tracings of sin in human behavior must be traced all the way back to Adam. But Eve. But Eve. When the two become one, it is very difficult to separate position, to separate who is right and who is wrong, because it is the male's position to uphold the woman, and it's the woman's position to be submissive to the man. So, therefore, it is not in due diligence for us to say that it's because of Eve that we're here. It is because of Eve that the choice was made in the garden to not be submissive to God and her husband and not eat from the tree of good and evil, from the tree of life. That is on Eve. But we must go back to a God and this is where the mystery of the gospel the mystery of the gospel, we must go back to the mystery of why a true and living and all-knowing God would create humans, would create a human, and by bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh create a woman, knowing if God is omniscient, he knew that they would betray him. Only God knows why. But one thing that we can say, one thing that we is for sure, God is a God of choice. God could have stopped the serpent out of all the serpents, I doubt God created one snake. I, I doubt God created one serpent. Out of all the serpents, God allowed for that very serpent to be used by the enemy to speak to Eve. And Eve had a choice. Adam had a choice. And they both chose And based on their choices, there were consequences. Before you choose a side, Adam, Eve. Christianity, Islam. Male, female. Westerner, Middle East, or or, uh, Asiatic. Before you choose a side, I want you to think about the root. Because out of all of the argument in this ecumenical movement that we have been in, this era, this 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 age, where it is supposed that all of these different beliefs can coincide, one thing stands. One thing stands. The message of the gospel of Christ stands alone. It gives no accolades to any other gods or any other religions. So with this belief and this firm standing, I'm going to base my understanding of life and the root of where I come from on the word of God. I'm not arguing translations. I'm going to base it on the word of God. And because I believe that the Holy Spirit is a gift to the believer, I'm also going to base my understanding on the compass of the Holy Spirit not someone's written translation not psychology not a book that has been written in layman's terms for me to quote understand though we know as human beings that if we from infants can learn two and three languages from infants can learn a nonverbal language of sign language from infants can learn how to follow directions and to speak We can also be challenged to a higher order of thinking, to read translations in languages that we don't understand, but this has to do with the default of sin as well. Being comfortable, being lazy, and not having a drive to perfect the root. The challenge I see as I'm asking God for me someone who does not have a strong desire to read or the discipline to sit and study for me I am asking God to continue to give me the desire To go deeper in the Word of God, to understand sin, to understand the root of it, and to understand from a female perspective the where, whens, and whys of my behavior. We gotta be careful, women. We must be careful. Because in this day of post-women suffrage, in this day of post-civil rights movement, in this day of grandiose liberal thinking, we as women have and can fall easily back into the trap of operating, out of a sinful masculine energy I gave a mere rebuttal to Dr. Umar Johnson on social media last week and this has just been kind of churning in my mind he actually stirred up something that I've already been studying which is the root of sin for women in our behavior and the behavior patterns that have traditionally been passed on that we accept as okay today. And I have been communing with the Lord to understand my position in the journey that I'm on right now. My position in the journey that I'm on right now, what is it that I'm supposed to learn? And at this particular juncture, I should have grown more than I have at this time last year and more than I had at this time the year before. It's almost been uh, two years, it's been two years and some months since I've been on this particular journey. And if I come on this podcast and I'm pointing the finger or I'm shedding blame at this particular point of the journey, I don't believe that I have grown. And I would not be qualified to continue to produce episodes because I would not be qualified to enhance the growth and to tantalize the minds to a higher order of thinking of the listeners who listen to this podcast, I would do no one any justice. But here at this juncture, as I focus on sin, my sin, my contribution and the forefathers and the four women as 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 where it came from, the root of that, I've got to go back to Genesis. i got to understand. A huge part of. Of position in a relationship especially in the bounds of marriage is knowing what your position is and then once you know what your position is then you have to be able to operate you have to be able to operate out of a godly functioning in order to execute the position that God has given you in right standing. Otherwise, you're winging it, you're merely winging it, or you're operating out of your own human reasoning, which will always equate to self-preservation. Drop a comment if you don't agree. Let's talk. I'm always open to others' opinions. I'm always open to what you believe as truth. But if I know the definition of self-preservation, it is just that. The definition is within the term. Self-preservation. Self, I. Preserve. To keep. I keep. Keep, I. Say it however you want to. But human reasoning will always lead you to self-preservation. That is our natural proclivity as human beings. That is our default. Sin. Women, women, I challenge you to go back to Eve. Go back to Eve. Who are you listening to? And where did you get where did they get their information from? Because if we're if we're listening to information from other women that have been passed down from generation to generation, when you look back at how they did it, what do you think? Do you think that you're gonna take the jibber-jabber and the jabber-jibber that you were given and make it into some common sense reasoning without in interjecting your own human reasoning into that? You gotta go back to the basics, lady. We cannot blame one another. Adam points to Eve, Eve points to Adam. We can't blame one another. Take accountability for yourself. I truly believe that we are in a season of the great reset. God did not use COVID-19 to wipe us out like He did with Noah and the flood because of the promise of the rainbow. But what God has done historically is to reset, is to reset the human population along with the cattle and the booty but the booty the treasures of the land god has allowed to be buried into the earth god knew when he made certain elements that they wouldn't decompose but he allowed them to be buried and that's how archaeologists can go and dig up the remains and find gold and find bones and find whatever because the earth will preserve itself but it's out of reach for the common person because we that error was a part of a reset Hello. Drop a comment if you don't understand. We are in a time and a season of the great reset. Scientists will tell you. Philanthropists will explain efforts to preserve. We are in a time. And if we don't wake up, we will We will, and we have come out of this COVID-19, post-COVID-19 era. Women, you. Come out of this COVID-19 era where you had an opportunity to be in your home and to work towards a reset, to be with your family and to work towards a reset, to stand before your spouses and work towards a reset, but we've fallen by default back into self-preservation. Be careful. And it's not be careful. It's more than be careful. Warning. Warning. This is coming from I, a woman, I, a wife, I, a mother, who the spirit of Jezebel has in in dwelleth my life to the point that I was born a seed of Jezebel. I was born as, as a seed of the Jezebelian spirit. How do I know? Because I, all, I came into this world based on those and the accounts of those who knew me, seeking an acquisition of control. You may argue that every child that comes into this world is selfish, self-seeking. You're right. But I'm talking about a specific spirit of domination. A specific entrepreneurial, self-guided control laden spirit that is me so if that spirit from a home space a cultural space a religious space if that spirit is not brought under the subjection of the word of god from a child from a child then that spirit gets to fester and it grows And it grows. And depending on the temperament and the personality of the young girl. I'm speaking to women in this episode, but men, please hear me. Depending on the temperament, that spirit can grow like a covert narcissist behind the shadows. And essentially, it is a spirit of the covert narcissist. Because the Jezebelian spirit is not necessarily a spirit that wants to stand in front and lead with the britches and the hat. It's the control behind the movement. It's the control behind the actions. It's the control behind the standard. It's the control behind the relationship. It's the control Behind the effort, the Jezebelian spirit is about control. Women! Women! I sit and I watch and I listen and I look and I'm sorry, but I still cannot say that there is a marriage that I attain to model because I watch and I look and I listen. Then I look at our first mother. I look at our first mother and I say, God, God, blessed it be by your holy and precious grace and the mercy the mercy that you so willingly lend to us as individuals, we do not stand a chance because historically this spirit has reigned and resonated and has been seated in the woman. The word of God says that the woman will will, will want to take over the man, but she won't be able to. Lord, God, help us. Help us, God. If we must, as women, submit to men that even God says in the book of Genesis, I believe it's chapter three. Let me look right now. If even God says that the woman will want to take over the man, but she won't be able to, what kind of fight do you think we have today? What kind of fight? What kind of fight? We don't have no hope outside of Christ. Zero. My God, help us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy, God. Jesus, have mercy. I'm looking for the verse, y'all. Mm, 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 mm. Have mercy, God. We don't stand a chance. We don't stand a chance outside of the Holy Spirit's leading. And if we are not believers, if we women, if we women are not believers in Christ, if we women are not subjected to the Holy Spirit's leading in wisdom, we don't stand a chance. And we'll fool ourselves thinking that we are validated at times when we feel upset, when things don't go our way, but when we go back, I want to um, also speak. I want to speak also. Here it goes. Genesis chapter three. This is the fall of man, the testing of the serpent, and when God when God um, went, when God spoke, the consequences of sin. To the woman, he said, Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband. And he shall rule over you. That's coming from the ESV. That's coming from the English, English Standard Version. Now let me read this in the NIV. Just a moment. Genesis chapter 3, verses 16. This is coming from the NIV, the New International Version. Genesis chapter 3, verses 16. To the woman, he said, this is God. I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. That's the New International Version, the NIV. Now let's take it to the King James. Genesis chapter 3, verses 16 Unto the woman, he said, This is God. I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord have mercy Sorrow What's the meaning of sorrow? Based on the Merriam-Webster definition of sorrow Sorrow can be described as a deep distress A sadness or a regret Especially for the loss of someone or something loved Doesn't that sound like death? Doesn't that sound like a like the feeling that someone would have in the lowest form of loss? It also says that sorrow can be concluded that it is it can be concluded that sorrow is more is a more intense form of sadness, which is the basic feeling of unhappiness. Wow. This definition that I just read comes from the English language usage definition, which goes into an explanation of more of our Anglo-Saxon words to really give you an understanding, give us an understanding of what our words really mean. I'm reading from the, I read initially from the ESV because that's the Bible that I keep in my vehicle. And then I went to my phone and I read from the NIV because that is the Bible translation that I study from in parallel to the King James Version, version which is the most preferred translation of the Bible that we as Americans have to put our hands on who don't know how to speak Hebrew. I don't go for one translation over the other. I'm looking at, I'm looking for a succinctness between all of them. And I'm looking for understanding when I read. And for me, as this speaks to me, once again, from the English language usage definition, an online reference, sadness is one of the six basic emotions described along with happiness, anger, surprise, fear, and disgust. It's an emotion. Mm, mm, mm. Women. Women! Do you see how? And I'm not justifying, and I'm also not condemning. But do you see how going back to the fall of Mama Eve, even on our worst days of feeling sad or unhappy, we are still reaping, by due diligence, the consequence of sin. But we run from it. And we qualify our running based on our feeling. The sadness is a feeling of emotion. And many of us can experience many feelings of emotion. But does it make it right to run from your consequence based on how you feel? Boy, I'm speaking to myself as I'm speaking to you. Boy, I'm speaking to myself as I'm speaking to you. This journey that I am on at this juncture, the pill that I'm swallowing, if there were to be a pill, the the euphemistic pill that I'm swallowing is the consequence of sin. I am swallowing the pill from Mama Eve. Boy, I tell you, This is bigger than any other type. It's grosser, it's bigger, it's more challenging than any other type of pill I've ever had to swallow. It's not easily digestible. But consequence thereof it is. And if you want to argue with the Word of God based on your consequence, you argue with the Word of God. And you take that up with the Heavenly Father. And you ask God to give you understanding and clarity on what your role, not only as a woman, but what your role if you're married as a wife, what your role if you're married as a mother, what your role if you you are in position over men, what your role is women there is no way as the sky is blue and concrete is gray there is no way I'm condoning abuse there is no way I'm condoning abuse I'm talking about feelings I'm talking about sadness I'm talking about unhappiness I'm talking about pain I'm talking about pain as far as the consequence of sin, specifically defined as the pain of childbearing and ch- the pain of childbearing and labor. And I would, I would be safe to say that I also go in to further explain that po- quite quite possibly, quite truthfully, it is not the pain of childbearing and labor. It's the pain of child rearing because God would not allow you to carry a child, to birth a child, for somebody else to raise. So the the pain and child rearing that you may be experiencing, woman, is also a consequence of Mama Eve. That we as other women are paying for, but we're paying for it with our life. So would you rather die to be exempt from the consequence? Or would you rather go deeper into an understanding as to the where, when, and why? So quite possibly by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you can make different choices in your life to with grace, with grace, and the grace of God reverse in the power of the name of Jesus the curse in your life. Obedience is one of the greatest sacrifices. Be obedient to what the word of God is telling you but I understand woman that you quite possibly could not have even known because I didn't know. The Holy Spirit had to re- reveal to me as I submitted and was willing to be broken. To be broken to everything that I knew. To be broken to everything that was modeled in front of me. My, my operation today has no correlation to what I grew up under. Not the system, not the doctrine, not the saving of face, nothing. Because I was willing in confusion, knowing that confusion is not of God, I was willing to be submitted to the Holy Spirit's leading. As the Holy Spirit by way of, of Christ Jesus at the cross, the Holy Spirit led me to the cross And from the cross, God heard me and he heard my plea. He heard my plea. He heard my plea. I came to God as a bastard in this journey. Asking, Abba, Father, please be my father. Please be my mother. Please be my husband. Please be my covering. Please be my guide. Please be my shield. everything and all things that I need in this journey because God without you I will not make it the road that has been laid before me is virtually impossible for me to make in Christ doing things the way that you would want to do it veering off of Genesis um, chapter 3 for just a second What is so natural for us women is to operate out of a spirit of manipulation. We seek to manipulate God. We seek to manipulate others. We seek to manipulate to the point where we have lied to ourselves. There is somebody who has come into my mind right now who knows that the beginning of their marital relationship was based on lux- lust and fornication. And their marriage has been a breeding, a breeding of lust and fornication by their spouse. Go back. Go back. Go back to your original sin be- when you met your spouse. Go there. It's not enough to repent before God. You have to turn and go no more and to seek, to seek, to be used by God to use your testimony, to use your testimony to help others. But first you got to stop covering it up. First you got to stop holding in your pride and refusing to allow someone else to know. Truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. One preacher man used to say in his his messages often that a person who tells the truth ain't going to hell. I'm not saying that I agree with that saying, and if you know who I'm talking about, then you know. I'm not agreeing with that. I'm not saying that I agree with that statement as a way of life for me. But there is truth to that, because when we come to the Father. And we come to the Father unveiled. When you surrender, when you wave the, right, the, 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 the um, white flag, when you surrender, when you stretch your arms out to God, that's why when you go to church, the preacher encourages people to raise your hands because you've got to let go. You cannot come to God holding on to things. You must be willing to let go so that you can be used. Some people say that they are humble, open, and transparent. But then they're, they're telling you that while in their face, while in your face, you are seeing, I am sorry if you were offended, but you are seeing a Sambo-type mockery of a human being. Cloaked in the garbs, in the, in the, the coverings, in the costumes, in the mask. And the proliferations of their alter egos. I understand that Sambo was a de- defaming and def- a defaming uh, caricature for brown-skinned people, and that they. I understand that Sambo was a uh, caricature to be mocked, and black people and brown people, um, as I believe we are brown because our 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 hair is black, and there is a a level of uh, racism in even considering yourself to be black when your skin is brown and your hair is black, come on and wake up. But I'll say it, for black people to be able to look at the caricature of Sambo, we don't see ourselves. Because that was painted for us to be uh, closely assimilated to an animalistic type thing. I understand. An am- animalistic type, type uh, representation. But where our Sambo comes in today is when we wear the makeup and the jewelry and the hair and the clothes and the this and the that. And the pompous attitude. And even if you are free of all of those things what is in your heart will come out not only in your speech, but in your behavior. But I'm specifically talking about the appearance of the person that says that they are humble, open, and transparent. Make sure you're not that person. Make sure you're not that person who has on fig leaves to disguise what's really going on with you. And if you're really truthful about it, don't be the person that puts the bumper sticker on your vehicle. Take it off. God never asked you to do that. He never asked us to wear a cross around our necks to represent him. And he also never asked us to put on to put a symbolism on our vehicles to make us seem as if we associate with something, that if somebody cuts us off on the side of the road, we won't go out of our way to flip them off, run them off the side of the world, or curse them in our minds or our mouths. Shut up! Take it off! Women, I'm talking to you. I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick. In my 40s, I'm sick. Because what I'm saying is what I see. And this is why I will not align. I have not aligned. I don't choose to align with organizations and movements. I don't choose to align because I don't agree. Most of the organizations and movements and most of the, the um, groups, and I'm, I'm trying to, it's a lack of a better word, um, ministries, many of the ministries that I in my flesh would like to connect with because of a longing for human uh, understanding and reasoning, my spirit will not allow me to do it because I got to know. That what I'm aligning with is upholding and denouncing the spirits that are so easily to beset me. I'm not saying it. I'm not telling it. I'm not sharing it. I'm listening. And I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me and to guide me. I'm no better than you or you or you or you. But I live I, 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 I desire to live an honest life. I desire to speak the truth and it's difficult to do that when you make allegiances to other people because our human proclivity is to get is to um, not offend. That's our human, that's our natural default is to not be offensive. So, we have to be careful who and what we align with. Because if we're easily people, if, we're e- if, we're, if we are the type of person that's easy to please, we will find ourselves stuffing the truth. We will find ourselves looking the other way, asked not to offend, and we get to the point where our light dims, we become too friendly. We become too eager to please, and then God is not able to use in the fullest power, in the fullest uh, bold, spirit of boldness that we possibly possess, because we've sought this human connection that is actually taking away from what the assignment that God could possibly have for us in the season. This does not. This is not an across the board. Um, this does not apply across the board. This is not a staple, what I'm saying to you right now. This is an admonition. This is a warning for you to examine yourself. Thank God that I've gotten to the place in this journey where where I understand that you speak truth and you let it be. The Holy Spirit will fan it wherever it needs to go. You don't even have to say half the things that are in your mind, because if you know that your battle is in prayer and it's not to fight flesh with words, especially when you see that someone is not willing to hear, do you know the level of peace you will have? You got to discern. 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 Women, we don't do men justice if we think we're going to control them with our bodies, with our words, with our um, manipulation. We are just functioning out of the same spirit that Mama Eve did. And I'm just challenging you. I am warning you. We are at a place in our human existence, where if we continue this way, we are out of here. Only God knows the moment and the time. Only God knows the day and the hour that Christ will return. But what we're responsible for is what we know. And the great reset is for women to understand our position. And it is not what we've been doing. It is not the operation that we have been treading under for the past however many years. I do not want to be irreverent to slavery, but what I am saying, and, I'm, and I, I just feel that I need to say, what I am saying is that even in the hi- historical misfortune and genocide of slavery cattle slavery indentured servitude whatever your slavery is from wherever you are in this global universe I am saying that in that time there was a level of submission to the master that I don't see today to bring this in terms of reality, as I'm journeying through my this, this current journey of marital separation, my spouse and I do not live in the same home. But what God has taught me, what God has taught me almost from, I won't say the moment, but let me say from the month, Within a a month, is 30 to 31 days, right? Well, leap year. So let's say 28 to 31 days. Within a month's span of separation, the Holy Spirit went on overdrive to start teaching me about respect. Here recently, I went into a counseling session with the spouse that God, that I am, excuse me, the spouse that I am, my spouse that I am separated from now my legal husband that I'm separated from now. Recently, we went to a counseling session. And the counselor asked me, he gave his preconceived notions about speaking to someone else. He had formulated an opinion. And he asked me, one of his first questions that he asked me was, did I love my spouse? And my answer was, I love him as a person. I love him as the father of our children. But I I cannot say that I love him as a husband because I've never known love from him as a husband. I was honest. So the, 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 the counselor wanted me to answer the question again. Yes or no. And in that moment, I knew I wasn't going to continue. My flesh was telling me to people please for, for the journey, to see how I could go along with the flow and possibly lend my own two cents and my own brown penny to a potential understanding. My, my goal has never been to, to fight for reconciliation. It's been for the sake of, of my spouse's salvation. Because so many things have been in error from day one to where I, ha- I have to submit to the understanding that maybe we did this and God didn't do this, but God can. But God can based on how we, how we are yielded. God can do anything, but it's based on how we're yielded. So if we didn't start off with the blessing of God in his hand, because of the things that we did, or decisions that we made, God can. But it's based on how we are yielded to God. And one thing that I know that I never knew until the separation was the respect factor. It's not just because of my upbringing, it's also the way that the marriage came together and what was expected of me, but also what I received. And I understand that love and respect go hand in hand. That's the, that's 1 Corinthians 7. Husbands, uh, love your wives. Wives, respect your, love, love your wives as Christ loved the church. That's sacrificially. You're willing to lay down your life for your wives. Wives, respect your husband. I understand that. But guess what? The counselor wanted to know if I, if I loved my husband. If I loved my spouse. He never in the whole hour and something asked me if i respected him he based his fundamental that day and the reasoning around our session on love not position so i kept my mouth closed and god told me because I know that the heart is wicked and it's deceitful and our feelings change all the time we can't depend on feeling and the, the love that we are, are uh, exercised to share amongst one another that love the love that humans can express is a feeling it's an emotion but the covenant but conviction conviction The covenant, conviction, is tried, it's tried, and it's been tried years, hundreds, thousands of years. We have a biblical model of people who have yielded to the covenant and who have lived by conviction. We got to get it right, y'all. We gotta get it right. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. We got to remember. Human understanding is worth nothing. Stick with the fundamentals. Remember. If you're someone like me, who used to be enveloped in the world of music because it was my escape, we have been indoctrinated with this idea of love. But what does it mean? People don't even want to pop their child, spank their child, because they think they're not being loving. But what does God do? What does God do? God will. God historically has killed people out of love. Out of love for the rest of humankind, who he understood that quite possibly the ones that he killed were so wicked and evil that they would go against those that had a chance that actually served God. And at times where God took uh, individuals away, and there was no understanding, He's still just because He's God. We don't have to have that understanding. This is this is being submitted to God. Be careful be careful traditions of men and the and the Jezebelian spirit have encouraged women to say and do things that quite possibly God has not told them to say or do but they're yielding to a spirit of control and you know what that makes for men and women When you yield to a spirit of control and you don't operate out of the autonomy of maturity by being led by the Holy Spirit, turning back, not turning back, and withholding nothing from God, not turning back to seek a horizontal understanding, but to keep your lens and your lens of understanding vertical. You know what that makes you? Mature. You know what that makes you? A growing man and woman. But you know what horizontal understanding keeps you at? A child. Because a child is seeking their parent, a child is seeking an adult, a child is seeking, constantly seeking for comfort and understanding, seeking for their basic needs to be met, seeking for quote unquote love, which really equates to comfort in our human experience. But until you can raw dog and get out here in life, and actually go through the rites of passage. This is why, this is why African culture, though the, the media and the thread of media that is presented to us in America see, keep, tries to keep the image of Africa as one of poverty, one that we should be sympathizing over, until you understand that one of the quintessential um benefits, benefits is not the word. One of the quintessential um, upper hands, I'll put that because I just the word's not coming to me that Afri- the African culture has is the understanding of a rite of passage. The understanding that when a girl or a boy reaches a certain age of maturity, which is normally puberty, it is time. For you to experience some suffering. And you're going to have to get through that suffering. To qualify you as a mature man or woman. But here in America. Here in America. Ca, ca, here in America. We are festering children. Who want to be called men and women. But they're children. And then women are marrying Boys, boys with hair, boys with with muscles, boys with the ability to work, but the reasoning and the capability to lead of a child because they're still seeking horizontal understanding and they have not gone through a rites of passage. Men are marrying girls who have been codified and haven't gone through the test And the rite of passage of understanding submission. Understanding their role as a woman. Understanding the domestic role that historically women have operated out of in order to be a helpmate and to complement the male in their life so then the woman wants to be seen the woman wants to be heard the woman wants to lead the woman wants to manipulate with her outward adornments the woman wants to work but what about the calling i challenge any woman who tells me upon marriage that it is not your calling to immediately submit to the understanding that you are to begin the process of bearing children by the act of sex i challenge any woman who thinks that contraception is a patch or an allowance for you as a married woman. I challenge that. And I challenge you to examine the Jezebelian spirit in you. Because the Jezebelian spirit actually wants to control but annihilate. The Jezebelian spirit wants to annihilate. And what better way than to convince the woman that she has the right to work and do all these things in her childbearing age, her ripe childbearing age, and then decide that later on, when she decides that she's ready, when she's accomplished all that she wants to accomplish, that she can then yield to her God-given role and begin to agree that it's time to bear children. You're wrong. And let me tell you, woman, why you're selfish. Because in the prime of your childbearing age, you then would give the opportunity to bear children that you can actually have relationship with, that you can actually, in, your, in the energy of your young age, have the energy to raise in the fear and admonition of God, without the exhaustion. Sarah laughed because she thought in her old age, not only how can she become pregnant, how can she bear the child? How can she raise the child? Do you get to an age in your 40s and your 50s to where you are tired? I'm not speaking to you women who God has not called you to be a wife. Don't go and manipulate the circumstance and go find one, or you just may have heartache. You just may live a life of heartache. It's better that you stay the way you are. The Jezebelian spirit. Lord, have mercy, God. This week, God, I was um, charged, Lord, with the um, responsibility to um, relay this understanding. It's been on my heart, and I am obeying God. I am obeying. I'm not going to second guess myself and think that I don't have the right words to say, to be concerned about whether I'm coming across confusing. Holy Spirit, deliver this message and let it touch whoever it needs to touch, God. This is not about numbers. It's not about followers. This is about the reset and doing my part to make sure that the gospel of Christ and the honor and charge of women have been heard in this generation. In Jesus' name, amen. When I get in it, I get in it, I get in it, y'all. Oh my goodness, if I offended anyone, I am actually happy. I'm happy because I pray that God will give you the inclination for yourself to do the self-discovery, the research, and to be introspective into the Jezebel spirit as it applies to you. None of us, man or woman, are without this influence. And until we understand what it is and how it applies it will continue to grow and spread like weeds thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode i ask that you follow you like and you share all that i am doing in an effort to be transparent and give my testimony as a witness not only as a believer in christ but as a fellow human in this race come on y'all